in our words. Again, how many can you just say, you know what? I have had times when I was incredibly down and a brother or sister in the church family encouraged me right when I needed it. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like universal. Why? You're connected. You're family. Now, here's the thing. In our culture, we like to know what we can expect. When we go to a restaurant, most of them are chain restaurants now. We know what to expect. We sit down and we order. We know what's coming. When we order online, we know what's coming. And because of Amazon's innovation, we expect it there like tomorrow. I mean, some of us, come on, let's just be honest. We want it here today. We're like, where is it? I ordered it three minutes ago. (laughs) So what happens, though, when God, the one outside of time and the trappings of time, does something we don't expect, tries to connect us to someone we don't expect, tries to do a miracle. I think at times we're too quick to judge something as being of God or not of God. And I really want you to hear this this morning because a lot of Christians fall into this trap. They judge something or someone from a distance, not, not even being connected to them yet and judging it as God or not God. And I just want to tell you like, Three or four little things that made you go, oh, wow. Jesus spit in the dirt, made mud, and put it on the dude's eyes. Everybody just go, ugh. So we're going to have a prayer service at the end. You're just going to come up? No, just kidding. He was nodding his head. He's ready. He's ready. He said, I'm ready. Come on. Somebody said, that's strange. God asked a prophet his voice on the earth to marry a prostitute to illustrate his faithful, unconditional love. Now, some may say that's a little strange. God had a giant inferno above a tent to indicate to the world that was his people. You say, that's, that's kind of strange. Cool. I mean, I love fire, so anybody else, like, you almost burn things down as a kid, light fires all the time? Me and you, Elijah, awesome. We'll get help. We'll get help one day. This giant inferno, that's strange. But it was God. And that man that, when Jesus made the mud, he was healed. And God connected Jesus to that man that day. How many believe Jesus was led by the Spirit to minister to that man one day? How many believe Jesus was led to the Samaritan woman? And you too are led by the Spirit of God. And so even if it doesn't look like you intended it or you thought it would look, be open to it. Be open to the people God wants to connect you to. For some of you, it might be your boss. I remember reading in a book, this is last year, this, this girl, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, I think the book was called Humble Roots. But anyway, she, she had written, she, she was convicted about ministering to her, her boss. And she told God, I don't like my boss. Don't raise your hand if that's you. She told God, she told God I'm not going to go talk to my boss. And God every day was like, your boss is ready to accept Jesus. All you have to do is go talk to him. And she kept feeling like, 
I don't even like him. Well, one day she walked in and she gave him the gospel and he teared up and gave his heart to Christ right there. Changed the entire company around. Because she was, everybody touch your ear, she was listening. She was listening to that Holy Spirit voice. You see, when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples, that word breathe is the root word that we get the word inspire. Everybody say this word with me, inspire. Do you know that same Holy Spirit is breathed on you? And as a Christian, the same Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. And if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the word tells us that he has already given you the spirit of adoption, the adoption that cries out to him as Father God. He's put his spirit in you. How many you already know what I'm talking about? He's made you his child. That spirit gets activated as the Holy Spirit breathes on you. But be careful to be open to what God wants to do because just because you haven't experienced it yet doesn't mean it isn't God. I want to read to you Paul's amazing break out of prison. All right? Now notice this. This is Acts chapter 5 if you got your Bibles or if you already grabbed the sermon notes on the website. And if you have an absolute creative miracle today and your cell phone signal works inside this building, it's sermons, resources, sermons, and then sermon notes. You can grab that PDF later if you want, if your signal doesn't work right now. But Acts chapter 5, listen to this. Many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. So people were getting healed. There was transformation happening all the time. And they were together at Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them. Now, why does it say that? Because Ananias and Sapphira had just been killed, right? How many would say if two people lied to the ministers and dropped dead, everybody would get a little nervous? Right, so that's what happened. And so it says none of them dared to join them. But the people held them in high esteem. So just picture the culture is very delicate right now because they're seeing all these miracles take place. But they also saw their friend Ananias and Sapphira drop dead because they had lied and not taken it seriously. And so there's kind of a very high temperature. More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes. Ever say multitudes? Multitudes of men and women. How many want to see that day with multitudes? Come on, right? So they even carried the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats just because Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Everybody say, all healed. Imagine that. Now, by the way, I'm crazy enough to believe uh, that I'm, I'm going to see that. Anybody else crazy enough to believe that with me? That when people come in sick, even if by the multitudes, that they will be all healed. And by the way, that's called revival. There's a, there's, that's a one word. It's a loaded word. But that's kind of a one word to describe when God really invades a location on earth. And we see just like we saw in the book of Acts. And how many believe him for that? Come on. All right. But the high priest rose up. He did not like it. Right? This is the party of the Sadducees. And he was filled with jealousy. Everybody said jealousy. 
They arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and walked them out. Come on. Raise your hand if you think that's a little unexpected. Can you imagine you're standing there, you're locked up, and you're going, why, Lord? Why are you allowing, right? Angel shows up. I don't know if that was the sound effect that happened. I'm just going to imagine it was. It's pretty good, right? Okay. Angel shows up, breaks open the chains, and just walks them out. Come on, say that's pretty cool. Maybe it was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. There's like explosions in the background. Anybody else like to imagine that, right? He's like carrying people on his shoulders. Ah, slow motion. Pretty awesome. I added that part, but. So during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors and said, go stand in the temple and keep speaking the words of life. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach again. When the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate, and they sent to the prison. When the officers came, they did not find them. Let me say, somebody's getting fired. Right? Can you imagine explaining that? I promise they were right there. We found the prison securely locked, and the guards are standing at the door. When we opened them, there was no one inside. When the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed, wondering what would this come to. And someone came and told them, look, the man you put in prison are back standing at Solomon's temple or portico preaching again. The captain, now, by the way, would you be a little annoyed? Imagine you're the people who put them in prison. And you're the Pharisees who convinced the guards to put them in prison. And you're feeling pretty dumb right now, pretty powerless. Like, okay, so I just want to make sure, you know, what's your name again? Guard Bobby. Okay, Bobby. Guard Bobby. Are you telling me, you're telling me that they just vanished? He's like, yes, sir. I promise. I was with them all night. I don't know what happened. But they're back and they're preaching. So they went and they brought them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly told you not to teach in this name of Jesus, but here you are. You filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the apostles answer, and this is powerful, We must obey God rather than men. How many of you guys believe that? We must obey God rather than men. Now here's a four-verse like, a lot of theology, like here's the gospel. You ready? He, so he gives him the gospel. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as our leader, our savior, to give repentance for all of Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the spirit whom God has given to anybody who obeys him. And when they heard this, they were enraged, and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee stood up, and this is kind of a wise Person, look what he says, a teacher of the law, he's held in high honor. He gave orders. He said, men of Israel, listen, be careful what you're about to do with these men. For about these days, Thaddeus rose up, he claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed, and it came to nothing. After them, Judas, a Galilean, rose up in the days of the census, drew many away, and he too died. And everybody that followed him scattered. 
In other words, nothing happened. But in this present tense, I tell you, if these men, you leave them alone, and it's nothing, for this is the plan of undertaking of man, it's just going to fail. But if it's God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. You see, he's lived long enough. He's had enough experience to have wisdom to say, hey, be careful if you just try to put them back in prison. Because while you don't like them teaching the way and they're teaching about this Jesus, they may be, in fact, God's messenger. Do you see, that? Do you see what's happening? So this man, he's honored. He's, he's esteemed. He's saying, look, slow your roll in how you treat these guys. You throw them back in prison. First of all, an angel might just break them out again. But number two, if this is God, you're not going to be able to stop them. All right, so now I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 42. If you've got your Bible or Bible app, turn to Isaiah 42, verse 6. And when you got it, say, got it. Who's got it? Say, got it. All right. I want to connect something to you, who Jesus is, what he does, and who we are. Now, the beginning of this, I know it's a messianic prophecy, meaning it's a prophecy speaking about Jesus Christ. But I believe this is also prophesying about us. So look at this. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I take hold of your hand. I keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, a light to the Gentiles. Why? Everybody say, why? I'm glad you asked. To open the eyes that are blind to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Did you hear that? God is saying through the prophet, I will make you a light, a light. Everybody say a light. Someone with the key to open people's prison gates. You have that light. You have that key. It's interesting when Jesus preaches what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Isn't it interesting? He, could have been, he would have been totally correct to say, I am the light of the world. How many would agree with that? If Jesus were to say, I am the light of the world, but it's not what he says. What does he say? You. Interesting, right? Turn to your neighbor. Say, you. Go ahead. Give him a Pentecostal point. Say, you. I call it the R.D. and Baumgartner point. Come on, I love you. How many love Miss Ardeen? Come on. Ardeen, this is this is because I love you, sister. Come on. How many love our pillar in the church? You watch out, man. You slip up a little bit. Ardeen, she'll get you with that Pentecostal point. I've had two times in my life, has, you know, a little, she says. It's like. She knows. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right. <laughs> Kind of. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live, I want you to get this, in a way that's consistent with the righteous position Jesus has given us. This is a loaded statement, so I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live in a way that's consistent with the righteous position that Christ Jesus has given us. How many realize that by God's grace, you've been given right standing with God? But Jesus said to everybody following him, go to the upper room and wait. Why? 
wait for the Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you. And you know Acts 1.8. And when you're filled, you'll be filled with power. Why? Power to be my witness, my vocal messenger. Now, how many believe what, what Paul was doing in Solomon's portico is he was preaching? Everybody just touch your mouth for a minute. And preaching, right? He's talking about the goodness of God. I, 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 wanna, I have like a message in me today that's almost hard for me to articulate, if I, if I can be very transparent with you. There's a message of the gospel that's not anointed and hitting someone until you release it, until you say it, right? Until you open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit breathe on those words. I, I just think there's a lot of Christians saying, well, I'm praying for my coworker. And internally they're praying, and I'm not diminishing that in any way, but if you've been praying for your coworker for 10 years and 20 years, but you've never opened your mouth to speak and preach to your coworker, I'm not saying you need a three-point sermon and you grab your Bible and you say, get saved. You know, obviously nobody's going to do that. But you're going to tell them about who Jesus is and the way he forgave you of your sins and that he can forgive them of their sins. When you open your mouth to do that, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit comes on those words. Amen? And suddenly you're connected forever to that person. Because now you're leading them into the one thing that matters in life, and that's a relationship with God. Now you're connected on this eternal level that is unbelievable. You see, his spirit empowers us to live it out. His spirit empowers us to prophesy, to encourage someone, right, when they need it. God's spirit fills us. He baptizes us fresh. You know, I don't know if you realize that, well, I'll just read it to you. Turn, turn in your Bibles to Acts 19. I know we're flipping around a little bit in Acts today. There's two or three occasions where Paul is traveling, and he actually spent three years in, in Ephesus. He's teaching them. And when he first arrives, this is one of the times when he says, have you yet been filled with the Spirit? Have you yet been filled with the Spirit? And the reason is he knows the Holy Spirit empowers right living. It's the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not some weird, magical, third-party thing over there. No, he is the Spirit of Jesus. He's the voice of Jesus. Remember? Remember John 17? The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything I've said. So look at Acts 19. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country, and he came to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we have never even heard of there is a Holy Spirit. By the way, can I pause you for a minute? Let me just look up here for one second. I had multiple times on the road where people would invite our band, and there was people talking to me after the event that did not even know there was a Holy Spirit which was always a lot of fun, right? Because now the Holy Spirit's engaging with them, and they, they believed in, the, in their denomination in cessationism, that the, that the gifts 
died with the apostles' death. And if you believe that, if you're told that for 20, 30 years, you walk in the truth of what you believe. But then when you see miracles, come on, you see gifts start to happen, you realize God is real. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is real. So Paul is making sure they understand that there's a Holy Spirit gift. And they said, we have never heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, then what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism, which is the baptism of repentance. And Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who is to come after him, and that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they believed in Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began uh, speaking in other tongues and prophesying. And there were tw 12 men in all. I want to I be so basic this morning. Because the Holy Spirit is a, a mystery. Remember, we open with that. God does things we don't expect. I mean, I, I, still, I still, at Christmas, I'm like, a virgin birth? Right? Come on. God does things you don't expect. So there's this miracle of the Holy Spirit infilling and coming on someone's life. But I want you to notice how it happened. What did Paul do? We say he spoke. He asked him, have you heard? No. Well, tell us about it. So he told them about the Holy Spirit. He said, God has a spirit. It's his voice on the earth. It's exactly what Jesus promised us. He is the comforter. He's going to grab you and walk hand in hand. That's what that word comforter means. It means like hand in hand, just like you would guide your child, and he's going to walk you. How many are so thankful for that comforter that's taking you by the hand every day? Now, what I want you to grasp today is that same Holy Spirit that takes you arm in arm, he wants to take your neighbor arm in arm too. He wants to take your coworker, your department manager. Some of you are like, you've never met my department manager. Jesus loves that person too and has amazing... Thanks for them. He loves each of these people that are in your circle of influence. So now we're going to bring it back to life. I need you to stand up, Randy. All right. When you're ready, I need you to toss it over to one of these victims. I mean, these beautiful people right there. Oh, we got it. Nice. Nice. Give Carrie a hand. Give Carrie a hand. All right, Carrie, stand up. Go ahead and give us some slack there. Now, here's the thing. Randy might not know that he's about to be connected with Carrie. Listen, listen to this. Until Randy says, I'm going to check out that life group. Oh, see, right? Now we're starting to get it. Because if we're not going to be connected, if we're not open, if we say, I, I just, I only want this little portion of Christianity, right? I just Pastor, leave me alone. I just want, <laughs> Pastor Jordan, just leave me alone. I just, I just want Sunday, 9.30 to like 10.54, and then shut the door. Okay. But God has more for you. Come on, it's a great spot for an amen, so I'm going to try it again. God has more for you. There's something Randy can teach you. Carrie, pay attention right here, brother, right here. 
He's looking around. God has something for you that can only come through Randy. You see what I'm saying? God has something for Randy that can only come through uh, Carrie. Kind of rhyme. All right, so let's illustrate it. So choose your victim, choose wisely. Don't hit the elder. All right, good job, good job. We don't need no injured elders in the house. All right, Mike Church, I know how vocal you are of a person and how you love the limelight. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let this moment just linger, buddy, because I know how much you hate it. No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right, Mike Church, great man. Mike and Sarah Church, awesome couple. We're going we're gonna to see who is the Holy Spirit connecting you to. And it can be, now here's the thing. It can be from this section because, hey, maybe this section, they could just, they could be Methodists for all we know, you know. I don't even know if they're saved. That's a joke. If you're tuning in online, it's a joke to make the point. You're in the kingdom of God. Us Pentecostals, we're, we're right there with you. All right. <laughs> all right, that's good. Well, he's going, he's going for like Joe Burrow. He's like, he's about to just... Touchdown, 100-yard thing. All right. Who is your victim? Pick someone and go ahead and uh, give it a toss. All right. There you go. Oh, nice. Give him a hand. That was awesome. Oh, man. Now, once he stands up, you'll know why I have him on security. Come on, can I get an amen? (laughs) He came up to me. He's like, I'd like to minister to the toddlers. I was like, you're not allowed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that never happened. All right. <laughs> I just made all that up. All right. Here we go. So now you're going to look around. I mean, I'm just going to give a hint to like Jaden, but you can be anywhere you want, anywhere you want. Look around for your victim. All right. Who are you going to toss it? There you go. Give a hand to Dawn. All right, Dawn, stand up. Now, I want to make this, I want to make this real clear, by the way. This is a great, I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, threw it to Dawn. I just got Don's story, what, last, uh, a month ago, three weeks ago at, at my house. Beautiful, amazing story. I'm now connected to Don, and I would not have that connection if we just didn't have a meal together. And it's so easy. I was so encouraged by what God has been doing in Don's life. It's, it's beautiful. And I guarantee he's so passionate about it. I promise you he'll tell you about it um, if you'll just say, hey, let's hang out. All right, Don, so pick somebody. And then it's going to come back to me. So pick somebody in this section. Let's see if you can throw it that far. See if you're man enough. Oh, man, that was amazing. All right, now I don't remember your name yet, but I know I met you a while ago. What was your name again? Sarah. All right, Sarah, go ahead and give that old slack and throw it, throw it up to me here. And we're going to see if we can illustrate this. Now, if, you've, if you have the rope, let's go ahead and stand up. Oh, what a web we weave. Thank you. Did you guys see that catch? One-handed. That's what I'm saying. All right. Hold it up nice and high so we can see the thread if you don't mind. You see how we're connected? (laughs) You see how we're clotheslined and suffocating? (laughs) Christy, you're blowing it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. We're connected... But here's the thing, we're intentionally connected. I chose to throw it to Trevor. And Trevor said, I'm going to throw it to Christy. Right? Randy said, you know what, I'm going to 
I'm going to connect to Carrie. I'm going to see what his story is. I'm going to see what God wants to teach me through Carrie. And wait a minute, this guy Mike over here, I heard he's a pretty cool dude. I'm going to throw that over to Mike. I'm going to have a conversation with Mike. And next thing you know, we're connected by the Spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, now you're not a face at church. Now you're a friend and your family. And it's priceless. It's priceless. Guys, it's what Jesus died for. Are you hearing me? He, he died so he could have a bride that is beautiful, that is, that is connected, that's not isolated and just kind of coming now and then and maybe, maybe so. No, he died for a bride that says, I want to be a part of the living church of Jesus Christ. I want to be connected, actually connected. I want to know your story. And so I'd like everybody to stand up. And I want you to look around as you stand up. Don't get clotheslined. I want you to look at the people who have the yarn. Okay, so maybe raise it up a little higher. Sorry if you're height challenged like me. <laughs> I want you to look around at the people holding the yard, and I want to ask you a question. Do you know their story? Okay, look, do you know Randy's story? Do you know Shane's story? Like, do you really know their story? See, I know Mike's story. I've been praying with them for their daughter for healing for a long time, and they've been, and she's being healed. Vicky's been being healed. Amen? And I'm forever connected to Mike because of that, because of those moments praying together visiting each other. God has someone, multiple people that you are to be connected with. That you are going to absolutely learn things about God that are going to be so beautiful and priceless to you. If you'll make the connection. If you'll say, hey, do you have an hour? Can we, can we get lunch? I'm going to come over to my house. Or just pull, pull a Jesus and just say, hey, I'm coming to your house. That's what I do. Because Lord knows people ain't inviting seven people over with 35 kids. At my house, it's like, I'm not inviting them over. So I just invite myself. I say, hey, how's dinner at your place? <laughs> okay. Then you clean up. All right. I do it. I give you permission as your pastor. I give you permission to do that. Not that you needed my permission. How many are starting to get this? Amen? So here's what we're going to do today. You can drop that yarn if you've got that yarn there. I'm going to have the, the altar team come up, and I'm asking God to fill you in a fresh and powerful way that enables you to be connected to people that he is designing you to be connected to. All right, and, and Will is just going to sing for a little bit and just be just kind of flowing with the river, and they're just going to minister. And if you have to go, you have to go. I totally understand. I know, I know it's 11, but if you can linger for just 10 minutes, if you've got kids, I understand. If you have to run. But if you can linger for even just 10 minutes, all right, and if you don't have little ones, you can obviously linger a lot longer. 
I want you to go find someone. Go find someone and say, Holy Spirit, fill me fresh. Because here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you fresh. When Paul, after he had planted a couple churches, he had said, it actually says right there in the book of Acts that they were filled again with the Spirit. Right? Because God wants to fill you fresh with his Spirit. Again, I can't explain. I don't have all the perfect explanation. Why does he fill again? I, it's just who he is. He wants to fill you again with the joy that you need, the encouragement that you need, the wisdom that you need. He knows what you need, and I don't know what it is, but he does. And, and that's kind of my job is I'm just telling you how good Jesus is. I'm just telling you how amazing the Holy Spirit is, and let him fill you right now. So go ahead and find someone on this, along the walls here, if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God and let him connect you. And it may, again, it may not be to that person right there. It may be to someone at work. Go ahead, find someone. Before you go, I, I challenge you to go find one of these prayer team members. And ask God to fill you fresh this morning. We're just going to worship a little bit and ask God to do just that. Ah. Uh -huh. 
So, Father, we love you. We thank you for your voice. We thank you that you connect us to people. Sometimes it's in their grief. Sometimes it's in their, their celebration. And, God, sometimes it's for a moment. It's just a moment. It's, it's at the grocery store or the gas station, and, and you just cause us to be filled with your love and express that love to someone in just a moment. But in that moment, we're connected. We're connected by your spirit. And I just thank you for your voice. I thank you for your spirit. Before we go, can we just thank God for his spirit? Can we just say thank you for your spirit? God, that you, you are such a personal, you're such a personal God. You know exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. And so we just want to say thank you, God. Thank you for being so personal, so thoughtful. Lord, you're so thoughtful. We love you. If you love him, say amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for worshiping with us, and uh, we'll see you soon. So